Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday. We're recording on Wednesday, October 4th, around 3.30. It's been cloudy in Crown Point. Um, thank you for tuning in. This is the second podcast of the According to Alan podcast. Um, you can check me out at, uh, at According to Alan on Twitter. The, uh, got some feedback from some people from last week who listened for the first time. One of those uh, pieces of feedback where that I say, um, too much. Uh, that's the case. I believe his name was Matt Sawyer. Matt, if you're listening, can't wait to hear your podcast and uh, how many times you don't say um. So other than that, though, it's been pretty good. The feedback was great. I uh, enjoyed uh, doing it and kind of showing it to the world for the first time. I, we do definitely need a little bit more Twitter followers. We're only at uh, 18 as we're uh, live, actually 19. But uh, keep coming in hot. The more the merrier. So this week uh, we started off with the idea of the Bears. And since I uh, predicted a Bears victory last Thursday, I think I got to eat a little crow here. Uh, that uh, did not happen. It was the exact opposite of what I expected. I was going into that game thinking that Mike Lennon had turned a corner as a game manager. They decided to start using Jordan Howard in the proper manner. And that we were going to make it a, comp- a competitive game. That did not happen. Uh, we got destroyed. From the, pretty much minute one, uh, the kickoff. It was downhill from there. Glennon turned the ball over three times. Uh, I couldn't even tell you what kind of usage we had. At least he threw to more than one wide receiver this week. Uh, He was so good that uh, he doesn't have a job anymore. So uh, we are ushering in the Mitch Trubisky era, which is exciting. I I got mixed thoughts about it. I thought the first point was we were going to let this guy hang out and kind of get accommodated with uh, being in the NFL since he doesn't have much college experience. But apparently John Fox knows more than everyone, and so does Ryan Pace, and now that he is he is playing. So Mike Lennon was that bad uh, last Thursday. So well, everything we've heard from Trubisky, he had a great preseason, super accurate, mobile, which uh, we're, we're excited about since Glennon was pretty much a tackling dummy out there. And uh, we the, the Bears have proved that uh, they are horrible on the road. So they got destroyed by Tampa, they got destroyed by Green Bay, and they've made two home games close. They should be 2-2, two and two, they're 1-3, and three, and that's kind of uh, where we're going to stand. So they've got Minnesota Monday. I think it does help the Bears that uh, the Vikings aren't going to be able to game plan around Mitch. It's going to be one of those first-timers, uh, first uh, so there's really no book on them. Um, but it'll be exciting to kind of at least be watching uh, f- with a little bit of focus on Monday. I didn't turn the Bears game off, uh, even though I really wanted to. I was watching it over at my brother's. And by the uh, third quarter, we were playing basketball in the driveway. Um, so there, there's that. It wasn't just one of those games with the lightning delay and everything else. It didn't pretty much around. I, th- I don't think it even got into the fourth quarter until 10.30 p.m. Central. So that was just one of those games. I hate uh, national televised football games. It's like the worst. So much sponsorship four-hour games, and then these Thursday night games can lick my balls. They really can. It's no defense, except for Green Bay, I guess. They played pretty good D against the Bears, where they score 14 points in a blowout. But, yeah, just in general, it's just a shit game. It's just all for the profits. It's no fun. It's, you cannot tell me they're worried about the health of the players and then the same token, playing, giving them four days rest between games. It doesn't make any sense. Roger Goodell, you were the worst commissioner I've ever seen. 
So uh, you have that going for you. Um, I was at that Pearl Jam screening last week, and uh, I was going to talk a little bit about that and how I felt about it. Um, generally, pretty good. I, I think that it was a it's a solid it's a solid film, uh, solid uh, artistic film that Danny Clinch put together. I, I there's a couple things I really got to say about it though. Number one, um, it, it took a real Cubs story, uh, so it was pretty much the Cubs story was the number one thing, and then they picked uh, songs from the two nights to uh, reinforce the storyline of the Cubs. So for me, as a Sox fan, I could give two shits. Didn't care at all. And uh, so there was that. And then uh, there was the pretty big brass of Pearl Jam's fan club there, which was pretty cool. Got to meet some people. The uh, It felt a little slimy, though. I, I, don't, I don't really understand. Like, that's the first 10 club event organized that I've ever been to. And for the, it was at the Metro in the city. It started at 11 p.m., Generally speaking, the Metro fits about 1,300 people. Um, that's standing room and general admission. This was all seating. It was 300 people, roughly. There was um, upper management from the Cubs there. They clinched that night in St. Louis. The Pearl Jam fan club uh, president was there, which he's a, he's a really big deal um, for inside that group. So I got to meet some of these people, but they were just uh, a little off-puttish, I would say. Um so there was, uh, it was weird to see that kind of side of the band, more the business side of it. It was, it was kind of awkward. Um, so there was that, and then uh, I, I'd say the movie was okay. I, I would, I would have uh, really liked to have had a conversation about why they picked some of the tracks they picked. I think the, the to me the best ones were uh, "Last Exit," which I love that song. If you if you're familiar with that one, if not, check it out and um, go from uh, verse. So I would say. Those are my two favorite ones. Really shot well, though, um, for the most part. Amazing production, and it was really good to see the band like that in that kind of light. I would have probably preferred to either see it on the television in my the comfort of my own home or maybe a movie theater when it's a little bit of a bigger screen. Uh, but it, it worked out well. I think they were pretty happy with it. We got a poster, so that was cool. Um, limited poster to the only people who got to see the private screening, so that was awesome. Uh, you can check that out on eBay if you really wanted to. Um, yeah, so the other stuff that's been going on, uh, been a real busy week for local 219. It's been pretty hectic. Uh, last Friday we went out to Crown Point High School and shot a proof of concept that we are really excited about here. And, uh, we got a lot of great footage, the drone shots, uh, that Joel was able to grab Joel Henderson from the comeuppance network, uh, incredible stuff. And a lot of the concept really came to, came to life. It's, we already got a, uh, teaser made for it. It's not public, but at the same token, uh, you will eventually see it. We can't make it public because it's an idea we're trying to sell. And uh, But the parents that we met in the tailgate, I believe uh, one of the gentlemen's name was Bill Gomez. Awesome guy. Uh, they did a great job of letting us feel at home and uh, showed us a little bit of uh, a welcoming that, that we really appreciated. Uh, got to be on the field, flew a drone on the field for kickoff. That was pretty cool. Uh, that's going to be a moment I think I'll never forget, at least in, in uh, the brief uh, history of local 219. And uh, did that, so that was a, that was accomplished. Sunday went out to a uh, Paul Henry's art gallery in Hammond. Uh, a couple of the producers that we that works with local 219, they were out there, and uh, Josh Jameson and uh, Tyler Lennox Bush. Uh, so if you are interested in what they're doing, um, they have this indie film that's. Based in an art house, um, Tyler's the art director, 
who uh, is dealing with some existential questions, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, it would look like it was shot pretty cool. A lot of the crew that I'm familiar with, Tony Santucci from Lakeshore, uh, Connor and Justin from there too, um, really good stuff going on. Look like they got their their ball rolling, so I'll be excited to see that project. And then uh, yesterday uh, we were at uh, Trade Winds in in uh, Hobart, I believe that's Hobart uh, on Colorado there in Maryville. We were shooting a um, piece for the BP employees to potentially donate to United Way so they can continue to keep doing the things that they do that are so awesome. Being there as a testament to the stuff that they're accomplishing, guys, uh, no joke, it's awesome. Um, dealing with a lot of uh, mentally handicapped people, dealing with um, special needs uh, for children, adults. It's awesome stuff that they're doing. There's this thing called the Alice Families that they're really starting to launch a kickoff campaign for, which we'll be a part of uh, shooting that. So that's awesome stuff. So if you do get a chance, check that stuff up. I believe uh, they're both on Twitter too, uh, Tradewinds NWI. And for uh, Lake Area United Way, I believe they're at Lake Area UW. So that's what's going on next week. Uh, we got some stuff going on. We've got uh, a couple meetings. I know we're meeting with the Crown Point Courthouse to see if there's anything that they could possibly get done for a video. And we're going to a tree farm in Velpo to take the drone out and see what's happening there. So, so a couple things we'll be looking out for. Um, other than that, uh, that's pretty much uh, what's been going on in my week. Josh, anything? Yeah. So uh, I know you got to feel real excited now that this two and nine stuff's finally. It's a lot less talk and a lot more up and ru- up up and going, up and running now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, people like you, you know, and and like Tyler and um and Joel and uh, Josh. It's like it's so cool to have this group of people kind of getting together and being and collaborating. Right. And everyone brings their own skill set to it, which is really awesome. And uh, don't let me forget Nick Feliciano from NWI Media. That guy has been awesome too. Um, just been a lot of just great people getting together. And um, it's just to start seeing the content start to come out because before it was just a vision, right? Right. So it's just this idea. It was from my time at, at Lakeshore. I just didn't know how much I really, you know, it, was, it took me a while to kind of commit, you know, and to finally commit and get the people like you behind it is amazing. So yeah. it's, I, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of emotions are you feeling? Not like now that you see this as, as uh, like you're starting to get some finished products back, uh, some proof of concepts that we're doing, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, I mean, now to finally see it all folding out. I mean, how's, how does that feel? There's a sense of pride there that I, I don't know how many times I've felt in my life. You know, when, like I said, there's a couple moments I'll never forget. It was coming back and seeing the footage at Joel's house was a very proud moment for me. I thought that was awesome. Um, right after the shoot. That was really cool. I really appreciated that. I there was I, there was something said. I can't remember exactly what the wordage was of it, but it was just like it kind of hit me right at that moment. Um, and then uh, the drone going on the field because it was just on the verge of like being rebellious as shit. You were there for that. Mm-hmm. That was intense. Josh is also the the audio engineer. If you're on if you're a fan of the Twitter page, he's one of the two guys that was uh, featured in the Times this last week. Yeah, that was cool. I, I saw that you sent that to me. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so that and then um. Seeing, uh, so when I went over to Joel's house on Monday and seeing the finished product and being so proud of it, those are another thing that was really excited. Um, and you know, it's made the, the journey for this, which is really odd is that every day feels like there's new ideas coming about that are just incredible that I'm really excited for. So now I just got to hopefully sell the idea that they can get done. Sure. <laughs> you sure. Know? Yeah. Now it's, it's, it's the point where all of our things are coming together and now it's time to do it practically. Yep, exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's uh, 
kind of recap uh, or go back into what we were talking about. Uh, Mitch coming back. Our boy Mitch, he's gonna he's <laughs> gonna start. He's gonna start. Um, what's this look like for the for the Bears moving forward? Can we dig ourselves out of this hole that we got? Is this kid ready to do that? Is you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. I, time will tell. Yeah, I mean he looked great in the preseason, and it's it's week five of his career. He's been in it literally for five weeks professionally. Um, I mean, if you're not counting training camp and whatnot, so I think the I think you know, no one knows. Right. What do you think? Well, I mean, you got to look at just the bare schedule. It's not the easiest schedule of the NFL. You yeah. know what I mean? Just the teams that we're playing are not easy teams to beat. So, I mean, going into that, starting whether it's Glennon or Mitch behind the thing, I mean, I'm already assuming maybe three, four wins for the season. Yeah. Now, I mean, <clears throat> to pull off a win against the Steelers, didn't see it coming. And that's that's one that I already counted them not getting. I didn't either. I used them in my survivor pool. Of, I picked Pittsburgh. Yeah, and so I'm out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I I just lost mine last week as well. Who'd you have? A little uh a little salty. I don't know. I don't know uh, who did I who did I pick to win last week? Uh, I don't even remember. You know what? I'm that angry. I'm, I'm that <laughs> angry that I don't even remember the game that I picked. But uh, yeah. So I'm out. Um, hopefully I can get back in another one and see if i can do better next time but uh, cool yeah so i guess uh hope for the bears i mean do you have any idea of how many games we might win this season or well now I, it's i made a bet air. with a friend of mine before the season that i was over under five and a half i took the over i don't see them i don't see them covering that anymore yeah. no not i mean i guess you never know right it's football maybe things you got change. a little more hope with Somebody that can move in the pocket now? Well, I'm struggling because literally going into last week, I thought we were winning that game. So now that we're not and we got the living shit beat out of us again, it's tough to like get back up for yeah. it. You know. Yeah. My bad. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh, let's bring up something you haven't talked about at all. Uh, we <laughs> lost one of the greats this okay. week. Okay. So we're jumping to news. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into the news. Uh, okay. Tom Petty. No longer with us. Um awesome awesome musician some killer music uh let's talk about favorite album favorite uh favorite song from you okay well i, I love tom uh it's a sad one and it didn't affect me the same way when bowie passed away that one was a little bit more intense for me i i think i connected more from an artistic standpoint to his music but i've seen petty three times um one of the one of my favorite concerts i've ever been to was at uh Summerfest in milwaukee pearl jam open for tom petty uh, great show. Um, I feel like I've seen him three times. One time I was, I was probably 17. Um, one of the best set lists ever at the Tweeter Center, whatever it's called now. Midwest Bank Amphitheater, is that what it's called? Yeah, I think they even changed again after that. It's like Hollywood Casino. <laughs> the Hollywood Park Casino, yeah. Uh, so what a horrible venue that is. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's, um, so then there's that, and then I saw him again there, and that one I was so drunk that I don't remember much of it. And then the third one was the Pearl Jam. Classic. Pearl Jam, Tom Petty one. But I mean, I think in Tom, you know, in, in now that he's looking over us, I think he'd appreciate the fact that I was blackout drunk at one sure, of his concerts. I, sure. I really do. I yeah. mean, if let's reverse the roles, we know he would have been wasted at your show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. All right, Pete. So uh, okay, so best album, be- best album, best so, album for you. I love a lot of them. I would say if you're pinning me down, picking one, it would probably be the Wildflowers album or the She's the One soundtrack for me. Uh, that's not including the greatest hits. I really love Damn the Torpedoes too. Um, favorite song, I'd probably say it's tough, but if I had to pick it, I think the lyrics of Even the Losers 
is my favorite studio song. Favorite live song is either I Won't Back Down or Don't Come Around Here No More. That's y- awesome. You? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like when you think of Tom Petty, the first thing that people listen to is probably the greatest hits album. Yeah. That's I, like everybody's start to That's Tom the Petty. intro to Tom Petty. And I, I like the album. I mean, I know it's the greatest hits. He just picked all of his favorite songs and put it on there. But that's like one of my favorite to me, just because it is all of his like bangers, if you will. You know what yeah. I mean? His, his top jams of the time. And it's one of those weird greatest hits where he released a few songs on it too. And one of those songs happened to be Mary Jane's Last Dance. That's, that's the only album it's on. Right. So I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Awesome yeah. song. Awesome song. And did you ever seen his documentary? No, no, I have not. Oh, it's awesome. Check it out. It's uh, I th- it was on Netflix. Don't know if it is now. Um, I think I saw it about four or five months ago. Four hours long. Yeah. So, uh, buckle up for that one. And you I, know me; I love documentaries. So this is definitely something I would have. Yeah, to check it out. At. It's uh, four hours. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to buckle down. <laughs> you know. I think the one of the things you're always looking for for a documentary, at least for me, um, musically, is I'm always looking to be inspired to hear the music more after I get done watching it. Does that make sense? Right. Um, 100% happens on this. Cool. So you get a chance to really dive into all the albums and get the backstory of it all. Great documentary. I don't is know the a, name is of it. Is it like a lot of backstory on his life as well? Like before, yeah. before music, like growing up, yep. family? Florida. I think it's around the Gainesville area. He grew up and then he, uh, I know it goes into like, I think he started the first band, a version of the Heartbreakers by the time he was 18. He dropped out of high school somewhere between 18 to like 22 is what it became. I want to say the, the, the coronation of the Heartbreakers was by the late 20s with the actual band. Sure. So he was at it for a long time, had to make a lot of tough decisions. Um, I think that's the one thing that I got out of it was how business savvy he is. Uh, and how much like time and effort he took into crafting what we would consider some of the greatest music of all time. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. uh, one thing that I know that you do is collect top 500 records of Rolling Stones. Yes. And do you know if he's on there at all and, and what album? He is. I, I, I think only once, though, and I, I'm pretty sure it's Tom Petty's uh, Damn the Torpedoes. I think it's in the 300s, early 300s somewhere. Cool. I don't have the vinyl myself, but I've seen it a ton at the vinyl shop in uh, Crown Point. Uh, check that place out there if you love vinyl like I do. I have about uh, I don't know. I always I always hesitate when I to tell people how much I have because again I'm doing this out of my house and I don't want people to rob me. Um, uh, it's like just giving myself an inventory right, right, for people right. to steal my shit. Uh, just so you all know what to take. When you yeah, come yeah. Here. And I'll make sure to GPS it, put a pin on uh, the Gmail so that way you can just run in there and just uh, grab everything. Yeah, and a, a itinerary of when you're not going to be home <laughs> if possible. Uh, I can tell you I'm I'm usually here at Wednesdays at 1 o'clock, so don't break in around then. It could I, be a little awkward. I do have an eight-pound dog, so if uh, beware for the, of those who, who decide to have the balls enough to break in here. That's it. It's your first obstacle. It's like Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but I have, I have about 150 albums, I'd say, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably um, a good estimate. But it's a lifelong goal of collecting all 500, and they're not all—they're not all the 500. But uh, I got Postal Service, uh, Give Up is in there. I got uh, Jim James's uh, last one, uh, and he's the lead singer of My Morning Jacket. So stuff like that. But that's not on the 500. But yeah, Damn the Torpedoes. Cool. Yeah, great story, Alan. Great story, Alan. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so record shop in Crown Point. Sure. 
Yeah, uh, I know you guys chat a little video there. Can you tell me some more details about just the place in general? Or yeah, yeah. So Mike is a really good dude, and uh, you'll if anybody's ever met Mike knows who Mike is. Uh, he's a unique personality, great dude, knows a shit ton about music. Um, I think one of the things that brought me there right away was that um, how how interesting and the selection the albums were. Um, because a lot of times you go into these places and they're just bins full of records and you just don't really know what's like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's hard to find shit. Anybody who's been there knows what I'm talking about. So it's like when you've got someone who's got a small amount of records, but all of them are to be like are good. It makes the world a difference. And that's what really struck me with him. And it's always been like a pretty good friendship from the beginning uh, since, I, since I've met him. So I've known him for about a year and a half. We just shot a business overview video for them. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, he's the one who got us to the Crown Point Courthouse Foundation to do that video. So great guy. If you get a chance to have him talk your ear off, I uh, hope you have about 30 minutes to 45. That's what you're going to need. And uh, go in there with uh, ears open. That's really cool, man. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's a cool shop. Definitely worth uh, checking out. Yeah, for we sure. got some really cool stuff in there. Well, you know, being in these small towns, well, look, Crown Point's not, I guess, crazy small, but small enough that like there's a lot of unique features in here and that's one of them for sure yeah but i mean what a cool location too and downstairs of the courthouse yeah yeah that's it's awesome. awesome and I, I i don't think i was i think i was only in there one time before that shop uh, so i can only imagine how like little people go in there right yeah uh and how you feel about switching paces let's talk a little baseball a little baseball my favorite sport oh, cool so uh let's talk some playoffs now that we're in october uh mm-hmm. a lot of teams a lot of teams doing some real good things um who's hot who's not and why who's hot who's not so the baseball playoffs are pretty much a roll of the dice situation it comes down to riding momentum and uh each play matters so you're going to get a lot of uh stingier at bats in the season we saw a lot more home runs Uh, i think you're going to see guys choking up you're going to see guys grinding out at bats you're going to see better defensive play you're going to see more strategic pitching they're going to be pitching on all all quadrants of the strike zone which makes it a little bit more tougher. They'll be they'll be extending the strike zone on hitters, so it'll be a great chess match. Um, it's tough to predict who's gonna be who's gonna be good. Um, I would probably say at this point, any team that's in there is good, but at the wild card is always kind of a little bit of an advantage. So if I were to like you know pin me down again, if you've done it once for me with the Petty album, and uh, try to pick out a World Series uh, who's gonna be representing the American and National League. I'm going to go Nationals. No, I don't like that. Hold on a second. I don't like that. Um, it's tough, man. It is Everybody's tough. playing real good baseball right now. So it makes it – and it's and it, it's one of those sports. I mean, I know you told me this in the past where it, anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, So it's yeah. so hard to like – especially without seeing maybe like a game one of, of every team to know – what's going to happen next because it can go any direction yeah well a lot of these a lot of these other teams i don't see every day i'm kind of following the media storylines with you know right. so it's like right. i don't i don't get a chance to watch a hundred nationals games um they've got a ton of talent you got to love their hit their lineup you got to love their starting pitching um they got it all the dodgers got it all they crawled into the playoffs uh you know you can you just never know so I'd like one of the wild card teams in the NL. I'd probably say Colorado for some reason. I don't know why I like them. And I'd probably say AL. I like Boston, but I'm a sale guy, so that that, that probably is why. You? Man, I I have no no predictions whatsoever for who's going to make it. All the way. I mean, I, all I can say is I, I love the Dodgers all year. They've been playing some awesome baseball. I mean, one of the, one of the best records in the MLB. 
going into postseason. So yeah. that's got to say something. Got a lot of great talent. Sure. Yeah, those kids are playing some some good ball. Yep. But uh, Cody Ballinger. So yeah. So anything else news wise? No, I think we'll save some stuff for next week. But, All right. Uh, so. Uh, thanks for listening again, guys. Uh, like I said, I don't know if I said it earlier or not, but I'll just repeat it. Um, we're going to try to be breaking these podcasts into two moving forward. Probably not next week, but the week after for sure. Um, right now we're only filming on Wednesdays or recording on Wednesdays, and then we're releasing them on Thursdays. Moving forward, we're going to be trying to record them on Sundays, releasing them on Monday, and then releasing another one that's going to be more of an interview-based um, on Thursday, but rec- recording it on Wednesday. Um, follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm at according to Alan and, uh, at local underscore two one nine hit both of those up. It's, uh, it's, it's my uh, culmination of both of my stuff going on there. And, uh, thanks again for Joel Henderson, uh, the comeuppance network killer job of all week and being patient with me. Uh, and then, uh, Josh Jameson, same thing. Great stuff this week. Uh, Tyler, um, and who else do I gotta give a shout out to Nick. I'll give a shout out to Nick too. And Josh, my audio engineer here. Um, Thank you for everything, and then uh, we'll see you next week. Later.